sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And returning guest. Hello. I'm Amy. Amy. She used to be a special guest. I wonder what wiped off the luster. She's been on too much now. Mm-hmm. Nothing special about that. Bad reviews. <laughs> this week we're doing... Uh, Rush Power Windows versus Tori Amos Little Earthquakes. Or as I call it, two albums that Amy and John picked up that they've been listening to for 30 years and they got angry with me for not picking out songs fast enough. <laughs> well, Amy hasn't been listening to it. Rush for 30 years. We did this because we were... It probably feels like she has been. <laughs> Burn. Because we were thinking, like, Rush is, like, considered such a guy band. You always see those pictures of, like, no line for the women's restroom at their concerts. And I, so we're like, I was like, Amy, what? let's do that against something that's, like, considered very, like, woman's music, I guess. I, I don't know. All these terms are stupid, of course. But mm. um, And she came up with Tori Amos' Little Earthquakes, which I had literally never heard a single song from before we did this so really nope i'm super surprised by that i know me too um i've i managed to stay completely away from stuff on the charts in the especially in the early 90s well uh i was in was i in the army at this point very close to this point too so it was a lot easier um but yeah no i knew Cornflake Girl, which I think was off the next album of hers, but mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know this one at all, um, and I had like preconceived notions of the album. But we'll get to it when we talk about Tori Amos. So uh, we'll start with Rush Power Windows '85, their eleventh album, and this is not an album that any Rush fan would be like, "Oh, Power Windows is the album to listen to." But yeah, why did you pick this? I picked it because I thought. The songs overall were easier to digest than a lot of the more mm. arty stuff. Like, whenever I, I, I've i got um, some Rush songs on, on the Nano in our car, and uh, whenever, like, the Spirit of Radio comes on, I don't know if you guys know that song. It doesn't matter, but Viv is like, ugh. And she was like, this song just doesn't make sense. And I was like, <laughs> you mean, what, the lyrics? She was like, no, the music. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I get it, but... <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I just thought this... And this was the also the first album I saw them on tour for. But, um, Pat, when we did Rush, we did Signals, um, was the older album, which I think would be even more, like, easy to digest than this one, but, but we'd already done it, so... I anyway. liked Signals better than this one. Yeah, I, I, I just thought this one had, you know, there's not a lot of, like long instrumentals and like sidelong songs like they used to do and his voice is not as high pitch and screechy as oh, back in yes. the old days so <laughs> <laughs> anyway th- th- there were like i sent you guys a video for um a song that was on the album that came after this and which is i think that song is even more like easy to digest than this but mm-hmm. the, the album as a whole just wasn't like it's kind of eh, so um, no real reason. I just didn't want Amy to have to suffer through like twenty one twelve, a concept album, you know. Um, well, we had to suffer through her awesome album. Totally fair. Hey, oh. no, no spoilers. 
yeah anyway um and i just i would was just interested in uh really interested in what amy would think of this album so um we'll we'll break it down um amy what did you think of this album (laughs) actually i was pleasantly surprised i really was like oh i don't know if i'm gonna like this because honestly i don't know much about rush because I hear his voice and I can't get to the knob fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a problem with a lot of people. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it was his voice calmer, I guess. Yeah. Um, So definitely more palatable in that way. And I was, um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. They've been around forever. Like they really are great musicians. Like you, they know their instrument. Like that's impressive to me. Yeah. And I like that. Their music is, um, you know, it's not just about getting broads and, you know, rock and roll. <laughs> it it has, like, I was actually kind of impressed. They songs had different, like, themes. And, yeah, I liked it, actually. I was shocked. Yeah, I think, going back to um, stupid gender stereotypes, it was mm-hmm. interesting to me, too, like, lyrically, the difference between the albums. Like, this is definitely more... Um, cerebral or mm-hmm. I don't I don't even want to say cold like although kind of like yeah intellectual um the topics and Tori Amos is definitely more on the emotional side like the, there is a song on this album called Emotion Detector which is a shitty song and it sucks um <laughs> because it's like somebody clinically talking about emotions but uh but yeah the but the the thing that I was impressed with listening to both these albums together is they're not like super similar but they are both kind of art rock like they come from art more Mm. than just like straight ahead pop Mm -hmm. um which which surprised me about the tori amos one but i'll have a lot to say about tori amos when we get to that one um but I agree with all the positive stuff but i was really surprised by how dated this sounded oh it's completely 80s yeah yeah, it's. I, I think other Rush I've heard hasn't hasn't been quite as pinpointable. Yeah, but this is just like this is like the start of a of an eighties TV action movie. Every start, <laughs> every one of these songs. I mean, once the song gets kind of gets going, it, it's that's less noticeable, and it's the lyrics are good, and it, it's it's a, a usually a good song. Mm-hmm. But these openers are just like, oh my god. Yeah. No. Well, it was it was the time, and I think like that's probably what they were listening to. Um, mm-hmm. around that time too is just very 80s shit I, I did I do agree Amy like they're definitely really good musicians and what I like about this album like compared to some of their earlier more proggy stuff where they're just kind of like really showing off um, mm-hmm. is that they use their musicianship um, to fit the song where it's not nothing's like you're not like there's no jack off solos or anything like that it's all right um, but you can tell that they're good. Speak for yourself. Oh, you jacked off to some of the solos. I mean, that's that's fair. You didn't. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we got the the album as a whole. Yeah, it's very eighties. I don't know. That's that's the pinpoint. Um, but we'll we'll do some songs. So. Uh, the first song is my pick. It's the big money, which was the first single. Um, 
and I guess five of these songs were released as singles, which is weird because I don't think of them as like releasing singles anyway, but I guess they did. Uh, so what what point are they in their fame at this point? Are they, are they pretty famous now? Oh, they're famous, yeah, because um, Moving Pictures was like the album that broke them hugely. That was 81, so this is 85. Okay. Although, like, a lot of the fans of the older stuff were not as on board with this, like, keyboard sound. Of course they sold out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the big money... Um, I know. I don't know what you could say about it. It's, there's a lot of, as with Tori Amos, some Tori Amos songs, there's a lot of like, kind of weird time changes and stuff, but it still mm-hmm. all works. Um, keyboard heavy, and it was cool, like, it was cool to see him on this tour, because he would like, when some of the songs, when he'd be playing bass and there were keyboards, he would be playing the keyboards with his feet, which was oh, wow. pretty impressive. That's he pretty had like, cool. keyboard pads down at his feet. Um, do they still tour? Nope. They yeah. finished their last tour, um, which I paid a stupid amount of money to go see. And uh, Viv was pissed at me for a while about that. When was when was that? Um, two years ago, I think. Okay. How much is a stupid amount? I'm not going to yeah. say. I'm not going <laughs> to say. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, they're done touring. I think uh, they, they did a documentary on their last tour, and, and Neil Peart, the drummer, was saying how he... He was just like getting blistery hands, and his feet were like bleeding and stuff. It's too old, and and I guess the guitar player has like arthritis. Although he wanted to keep touring anyway, but um, yeah, the big. Money. I like I like that they stayed together for. There's never any kind of like uh, feuds with, with the band, right? Nobody ever got kicked out or anything. The on their very first album, which was basically just like a Led Zeppelin ripoff album, they had a different drummer, <laughs> but he. Uh, he left right after that first album for reasons I don't really understand. Um, I don't know if he didn't like the direction they were going or what. But anyway, yeah, Neil Peart's been with them since '75, so basically. Oh, Neil Peart's not the original. No, they he had. He wasn't in the. I mean, I understand wasn't, but he wasn't in the original band at all. No, no, he didn't wow. come on till the second album. Um, but still, you know, he's he's been with them forty something years, so. It's a long time. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, the big. I bet the old drummer still calls him a newcomer. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's like, ah, eh, that guy. No, he probably calls him that son of a bitch that took all my money. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually that first album. Amy was big in Ohio. I think they hit in Cleveland, um, really big because they had a song called "Working Man" about like going to a shitty factory job and stuff that resonated with people in Ohio for did. whatever reason. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, the big money, I don't know. It's, it's a song about money <laughs> and the, and the, the way kind of capitalism was working in the starting to work in the eighties. And, uh, I, I don't know. It's, you can't say it's like catchy in the Britney Spears sense, but it's got, it's got, I thought it was kind of catchy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely different kind. And yeah. that baseline is really, I thought, uh, more prominent in this one. Yes. Yeah, he's the baseline kind of drives it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not a lot for the guitarist to do on this album either. I, I don't know. Although I will say, well, I'll, I'll bring it up when we get to your song, Pat. Um, but yeah, I liked uh, lyrically. It's kind of 
cool. I think I like the line, uh, it's that fool on television getting paid to play the fool. I thought I, I don't know why. I always thought that was funny. <laughs> but um, but anyway, yeah, it's all like, you know, allegorical. And let's just give it a listen because I don't have anything intelligent to say about it. Uh, let's just see what everybody thinks. Here is the big money. My song. Why you? I liked how it sounded. Um, the the lyrics were good too. I, I don't think I have a lot to say about it. And oh, his, his voice was maybe it's just my imagination, but his voice seemed a little bit more screamy in this song than the other songs. Yeah, especially at the end with the oh 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 oh, oh shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is. But this one's also like this is very eighties too, and and like very keyboard heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took I forced my girlfriend in high school to go see them with me on this tour, um, and she was she like, broke up with you on this song. She was <laughs> <laughs> she was a keyboard player. She was actually really good at piano, but she was into all the um, all the electronic music, you know, New Order ish, Depeche Mode ish type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But she actually liked this song because it was so keyboardy. And anyway, um, oh, is this like your girlfriend? Very keyboardy, and my, the thing I was gonna say was when I met Rush um, backstage, whatever, mm-hmm. however many years ago it was, um, I mentioned to Alex Slice and the guitar player, I was like, um, "Man, I really like Grand Designs. I wish you guys would bring that back." And the next year, they played Grand Designs on the tour. Don't know. I'm not, not saying that I made them do it, but I kind of am. It's all you. Anyway. D- did you also tell them to stop touring? I did. Yeah, I was like, two more, get out. You had a lot of power over them. Yep. Just from that 
brief five minutes? Well, you know, I was like, yeah, I was like, you guys, you don't want to be the Rolling Stones. You got to get out while the money's still good. Keep your reputation. Um, Amy, any thoughts on Grand Designs? Well, I thought that like, well, okay, when I first saw that there were only eight songs on the CD, I was like, what is eight? And then I realized, well, yeah, they have, I mean, I do know that about them. They have long songs. But I especially kind of noticed in this one, although like in the others, the same, I don't think they feel as long because there's so many tempo changes. Yeah. And yeah. and I felt like I felt like this one was a good example of that. Yeah, it's good when you have like musical shifts. Like if if you're just doing like um, chumba wumba uh, no, tub, sure. tub thumping for six minutes, that's not going to work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They I they kind of avoid repetition in ways. I mean, there's always repetition in pop music, but um, just by the the tempo changes. So yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, anyway, let's, let's listen to it. Grand Designs. like this one was not one of the singles um one of the five of eight songs singles uh but i i'll be interested to hear your thoughts on why you picked well, this I was middletown dream sorry is the name oh i was torn between this one and territories um but you know i really like that his voice was very much sub- subdued on this <laughs> um it it had it even sounded a little older to me I don't know whether they wrote it maybe at a different time, but I mean, it almost didn't feel quite like all the others, but I thought it's, I don't know, the message is sort of depressing, but kind of thoughtful. I mean, obviously like kind of stuck in the drudgery of suburbia in your life. And it's just so quintessential eighties to me though, the sound. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And like, that's a theme of theirs too. The like kind of drudgery of living in the suburbs. Like they did that on, uh, subdivisions which was on signals which we did um but you know 
they they don't like they're not looking down on those people either which is nice right they're kind of and I, sympathizing with them and i thought um kind of touching on what you had said earlier the guitar solo was it was good but not like that crazy look what i can do for yeah. three minutes you know <laughs> it's not eddie van halen yeah good lord no but yeah but you see the craft but it doesn't have to be showy it, i i thought it was good yeah it's it's tasteful for sure yes. they learned that over the years i guess probably from listening to like new wavy stuff later on in their career um yeah, yeah no, i like i like this, it too this is a good this is my first choice before amy stole it and what i mostly like about it is how varied the sound is in just inside the song not just like like shifting like the other songs but it's just all the way through it just sounds a little bit different than the other songs there's just more going on yeah yeah and and also remaining firmly within the 80s though as, as oh yeah said. yeah um yeah it's a it's a good song they played this uh on the tour too when i saw them um i think the only song they didn't play was emotion detector which was fine with me um uh, yeah, no, this this is like a kind of underrated, like more of an album track or a fan track, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you picked it. Although I do really like Territories, too. It's got that like kind of weird, like Middle Eastern uh, influence on it and stuff. But but it's but also it seems appropriate for now. For now, uh, lyrically, yes, especially. Yeah. Um, although it is also somewhat on the preachy side. But yeah, it is definitely appropriate for these times but i'm glad you picked this one um middletown dreams let's give it a listen So overall, not what you were expecting when you got a Rush album, Amy? Not at all. Not at all. And actually, it really does make me um, want a squeaky chair like that one. Um, <laughs> that was my back. I knew it was Pat. I knew it was you. Um, but I, I actually may check out a few 
I mean, that plus the song you sent, the video. Yeah, timestamp still. Yeah. Probably will check out a little bit more because honestly, I had just kind of ventured away from it, but live and learn. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, it depends on how far you look into them, but there will definitely be stuff that you will not like. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, they have some good, good stuff. Um, but how long, have we, man, this is, this is, I think our shortest ever, uh, first half, but that's okay. You might say that we rushed through it. Oh my God. I would not say it. You might say it. But I would Only you would say it, Pat. Yes. I think that that is the case. I, I'm just trying to not ever set Pat up for, I'm just a Pat in a cage. Despite all my rage again. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's take a break and we'll, t- I think we'll have probably more to say about Tori Amos. Um, at least I will. Uh, yeah, we've already done rush anyway. Everybody knows rush. Even if they don't know him, they know him. So, um, let's take a quick break. We'll return. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. We're back with Tori Amos, Little Earthquakes. And you had a history with this album, I assume, Amy. Oh, I think pretty much every woman over the age of 35 and maybe under 55 probably has, you know something with this album it's kind of like how people my mom's age had like the carol king tapestry (laughs) yeah or like guys my age had licensed ill actually that's not fair everybody not not just guys yeah yeah um anyway yeah so i was super shocked by this album because i like i said i hadn't heard it for some reason i thought it was going to be very um Paula Cole, Sarah McLaughlin kind mm. of music, and it was not at all, and I will I will say straight out, uh, a great album, probably one of the best albums of the 90s. I had no idea. It's, it's like I said earlier, it's arty. It's definitely more um, Kate Bush than, than mm. those other those other women I mentioned. Um, yes. But I was super shocked by how good it was and how much I liked it. Pat? Oh, yeah, I I can't remember how I know Tori. I know I didn't have this album, but I've heard all these songs, and I like all these songs. I just remember about the time this came out, or a couple years later, I I met someone who was in Madrigals with Tori Amos when she was in high school, and I thought that was the coolest thing that ever happened. <laughs> That's fitting that she would be in Madrigals. Well, oh, you know what? I remember reading like some article in Spin way back in the day, and mm-hmm. um, she was saying something like, she believed in fairies or something. That's that's probably what I based my uh, 
opinion she's of her quacky. own. Yeah, and I, I was like, I, oh, that's I, I know of, what that I, is. I would go the opposite way though. I think if someone actually says they believe in fairies, I'd want to hear their music because I can't <laughs> imagine Sarah McLaughlin saying that. Because no. she wouldn't be singing about those dogs all the time. She'd just say fairies will fix them. Yeah. No, she believes in angels. They're not nearly as cool. Oh, God. Although they all have wings, I guess. Um, yeah, so Tori Amos was the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle of uh, 90s music, I guess. I just made my chair squeak on purpose because every time it squeaks, an angel gets her wings. God damn it. What? I didn't even set you up for that, really. Well, yeah, I guess I did. Um, we'll ignore that you said that. But, uh, Amy, so did you follow Tori Amos then throughout her career? Like, have you For kept the up most with her? part, I have. And it's, you know, like most people, it's kind of over. She keeps making, she keeps making CDs. And uh, instead of, like, liking all of them, but maybe one, now I like maybe one. Um, uh, but she has the strangest set of fans that will never, never, never leave her. So, well, that's, yeah. that's good. I mean, I like people who inspire that kind of fandom, even if they are like past their prime. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. good for you. You like, that means you did something right at some point. Um, but you know, I like, I like nerds anyway, and I like people who are, who get kind of obsessive about art. So. Uh, when did you drop off the toy train? Well, I mean, like I said, I, I'll still get her CDs, but, um, I think the last, the last of her CDs that I actually really liked was, um, oh gosh, maybe 2009. Oh, that's not um, that bad. No, not really. She's had, um, she just had one out she, just within the last couple of weeks. And I think there's been five since that one so she's pretty prolific with with it um but yeah it's still it's still good but it's just not the same but there's only so much you have in you sometimes i guess well it's it happens to like literally everybody i think right like it's diminishing returns after a while prince you know i mean and i love prince and i like Mm. all even his later stuff but it's not the same and you know rem which we did the whole thing like it was the same thing, like, towards the end. Just, it was fine, but it wasn't magical. Right. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, I think, like, with scientists and artists, they say that most people do their greatest work in their 20s, which is weird, because thinking of what a fucking idiot I was in my 20s, I can't imagine. Me too. But, I've never heard that about scientists. Mathematicians, I've heard you can't learn this stuff later, but scientists, I've never heard they do their best work in the 20s. Is that true? I've heard it about physicists. Like, well, their they're most revolutionary work. Anyway. When did Einstein's revolutionary work? Was that in his 20s? No, he was uh, 97 years old when he came up well, with the special theory. There goes that theory. But, you know, he always looked 97 years old. <laughs> um, what Madonna said. What? All right, you got to explain that one for me, Pat. I thought we were talking about Tori Amos. Okay, back to Tori Amos. <laughs> um, yeah, I like I said, I don't know if you guys are Kate Bush fans, but that's what it really uh, brought to mind for me more than more than anybody else. Um, just because it was 
it was very arty, like I said, and a lot of um, tempo changes and stuff in her songs. A lot of the songs, um, unaccompanied by percussion mm-hmm. in any way, although I guess piano is considered a percussion instrument. You know what I mean? Drums and stuff. Uh, right. But it it worked. Um, it worked for me in a big way. I was, like I said, I was just super shocked. Like, it was not what I thought. I thought it was going to be where have all the cowboys gone over and over. Oh God, no! Yeah, it would have, that would have been great. But this yeah. was really good too. Yeah, it would have been awesome. Or you know, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Oh. Wait, is that the same? Is that the same artist who sings both those songs? It is. Paula Cole. Okay. You're good. Oh, that's so. I do know who Paula Cole is. Oh, you should. Because I have heard both of those songs. And then I don't know who damn I wish I was your lover was. I think that was like a one hit wonder person, right? It was DeBarge. DeBarge. Oh my God, no. It <laughs> popped in my head. How do I know that? Sophie B. Hawkins. Oh, Sophie B. Hawkins. Uh, Things I want to remember, I can't remember. <laughs> what in the hell? Oh, I remember the Sophie B. Hawkins dances when the girls would have to ask the guys to dance. <laughs> oh, good times. Gender roles again. Did you guys have the? Were there Sadie Hawkins dances? At oh our age? yeah, I that wasn't born in the forties. Oh, there were. Yeah, I think there were for, like in junior high or something, and I was all about it because I was like, "Fuck this! I I don't have the guts to ask people to dance." Um. Yeah, and also I can't dance. Worth a shit. Wait. Yeah. You you didn't want to go because you didn't have the guts to ask people to dance. No, that just I, seems the like opposite. I said oh, I was, you did want to go. I was all about it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, I remember my first slow dance. Um, Mm. so first time I like pressed against boobs, uh, in junior high. Yeah. Oh, it was nice. Um, but the slow dance was, I thought this was going to be an infant story. Oh, my first slow dance is an infant. I can't remember that. I've just seen the picture. No, the first time you pressed against boobs. Oh, nope. Nope. I was. When when I was an infant, um, I was strictly fed Swanson Hungry Man dinners. My mom was, like, not having it. That's Brazil for you. Yep. Uh, no, but the song was, uh, you guys might not even know this, 38 Special. And it was Hold On Loosely, is that the name? Anyway, they're a terrible fucking southern rock band um, <laughs> that should not have been a slow dance. But I just always remember thinking... This is a terrible song, but I got asked to slow dance, so I'm going to do it. So every time you hear that song, you get an erection? Well, yeah, but that's just based on how much I love the song. Um, anyway. I think when you call it art, what do you call it, art, art rock? No, art rock, you... art pop, yeah, that's what I would call it. I, th- I, th- I guess part of that is that the songs themselves are so lyrically interesting. They're, they're as, I mean, all songs are poems, but these are actual, when you read them, they're interesting poetry. Yeah. The, well, lyrics, but, and music too. Like, like I said, like the, the tempo shifts, no, weird I know. I'm changes. Just, and, I'm yeah. just focusing on the, on, on the, the lyrics. lyrics right yeah. I'm just thinking it's just very interesting imagery and it's really well written and, and it's, I like it. Yeah. Well, she had said that, it was like a therapy session of going through PTSD. Which you um, can see. Yeah. Right. From, you know, her rape. And that's what, you know, not all of it's been. Plus she was raised and she was a prodigy, piano prodigy at five. Um, her father was some really 
big like pastor and religious dude. Yeah, I could see that. Really, yeah. So I think it all just got twisted up in her head, and she sort of just spat it all out here. Although, let's not forget she was in Why Can't Tori Read. Oh Lord, that was horrible. Which I I have actually never heard, but I all I know is it's like a joke. Um, yeah. About her that she was in some I don't know were they like a glam metal band or a new wave I don't know I don't know what they were. <sighs> sort of new wavey I think it just was one terrible EP. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know you kind of get your foot in the door. So I thought that was the name of an album I didn't know it was a whole band. Well it was both. Yeah. yeah. How embarrassing for her. It was probably yeah. worse than a rape. <laughs> <laughs> well naturally. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which, that was actually the the one that directly deals with that, um, the me and a gun, um, mm-hmm. which was actually a knife, I guess, from what I read. Right. Um, yep. It was my least favorite song on the album. Not that it wasn't like it's definitely got emotional resonance, but it was a little too on the nose for me. And and, you know, the acapella style, I think it right. Like to me, I would have appreciated some. uh some music behind it, I feel like. I don't know why. Um, you know, you don't want it to be super melodramatic, which a lot of this uh, music is, but in a good way, I think. Um, but yeah, that that was the one that, that le- is most personal, but also least affected me um, on an emotional level overall. Right. Uh, but anyway, the songs. The songs. Let's get into them. Um, so I really, I mean, I actually had a hard time picking. I could have picked either of yours, and um, especially listening to yours, Pat, um, again, after a couple times after uh, you picked it, I was like, oh, this is a really great song. But I really like Crucify. I really like Girl. Um, China, China, I like. Um, I don't know. It's all good. I think it's oh, it's a strong album overall. I don't think there's even the weakest track. To me, me and a gun is is good. You mm-hmm. know? Um, it's better than most people manage. So, uh, but the first song we're gonna do is your song, Pat. Um, Silent all these years. So, let's hear it. Are we putting it From on now? Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, let's let's hear your your thoughts. Yeah, it's it's so pretty. It's just like the the the, the music and her voice combined in it. And there's there's just enough piano that there's a song, but not so much that in any way overpowers her voice, which is awesome. And uh, what's that lyric that cracks me up? It's, uh, you, th- you say you, you're into deep thoughts, and then she follows that up with a rhyme with deep thoughts, which is so funny, and just, but it sounds so good, too, because there are these long sentences that she has to sing really fast. And um, it's really neat. And what's interesting, I was reading that she wrote this song for somebody else to to sing, which doesn't make any sense to me because it seems so personal. Mm-hmm. And like the producer convinced her that's a bad idea. So, and it's a guy. She so wanted a guy to sing this song, which really doesn't make any sense. Nope. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a terrific song. Yeah, I like like the beginning with the piano, how it's like slightly discordant. I really like. And mm-hmm. then like, I don't, it's not really the chorus because it only occurs once, but it's like, two minutes into the song, maybe it's considered a bridge where everything just like super swells up and gets like really big and, right. mm-hmm. and operatic almost like not the way she sings, but just the musically. Um, yeah, no, I thought this was a super great song. Um, Amy, your, your history and thoughts with this. 
Well, you know, uh, what's funny is I always, I would hear girls talk about like, oh, you know, this is a song about her being a fight and standing up to her boyfriend and leaving him. And it's like, but in the end, they stay together. Like, and like you said, Pat, it's not even really something that she wrote for herself. But, you know, to me, just like the whole little journey of, you know, the arguing and, and then they're just right back where they started from. But yeah, the, the sound of it is the way she can match her voice to <sighs> the piano is just, it's, it's gorgeous. But I always think she sounds like that way. She's got an incredible voice. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. That, that the matching with the piano is what I love The kind of like, like she's, she's matching the, the key getting hit down or something. There's just something about the, the way they sound together is just so perfect to me. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of staccato almost, but not really. It's mm-hmm. like each, each line is a word. Anyway. Well, I think it comes from just probably doing it as long as she has. And I, I don't know if you've ever seen video of her live. Um, she straddles like her piano bench and plays it sort of sideways looking at the crowd. And it's like, it's, part of her the whole thing is just like it's really it's kind of amazing like she doesn't even look at it does she play with her feet (laughs) she's not she's not rush come on (laughs) or little richard um (laughs) i think that's something that always trips me out about me like with with songwriters um themselves i can understand songwriters who perform their own stuff like that they they write this stuff for their voice, but like for bands like REM or something, I always think, well, you've got to write a song that is within the singer's range. Like I, maybe they have to like tune it uh, differently or, you know, go to a different scale um, or octave or whatever uh, so that the singer can sing it. But I, this is how little I understand about music. That's always weird to me that like, oh, they actually write songs in keys that the singer can sing in. Anyway, uh, off topic uh, i do i did want to say about this song um i i like the fact that um they're together again at the end because it's much more complex and real than a song right just about hey you're out of my life motherfucker i'm um you know i'm killing it don't need you like which is also i understand a thing that happens but um, right but a lot of human relationships are end up like like this for a while right. at least anyway so I, I like that about it well exactly and to me it was more like she found her voice and she said her thing and they ended up right back where they started yeah um, yeah it's a great song let's, let's play it uh, silent all these years so you found a girl who thinks really deep thoughts What's so amazing about really deep thoughts? Boy, you best pray that I bleed real soon. How's that thought for you? My screen got lost in a paper cup. Think there's a heaven where some screams have gone. I got 25 bucks in a cracker. Do you think it's enough to get us there? Cause what if I'm a mermaid in these jeans of his with her name still on it hey but i don't care because sometimes i said sometimes i hear my voice and it's been he 
song um but it's uh, it's one of those songs guaranteed if i listen to it from start to finish i'm crying a little bit (laughs) absolutely crying but that's the mark of a great song to me yeah 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 it's just and it it builds and in the end it is sort of i don't want to use the word epic that sounds so weird no it's true though yeah yeah, it just, it builds perfectly. It starts just so simple and it just, I don't know. It's like the tale of a life. Yeah, I, I love songs that build. I mean, it's a classic, you know, songwriting thing to, you know, it's it's all about like tension and release. Uh, just like uh, sex. Mm-hmm. Or going poo. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like that's, that's it it's a very visceral type of thing when you have the the tension and release the build and the you know um and like like i said a lot of these songs are kind of musically melodramatic but they work like that's a really hard thing to pull off because you really risk just being uh super sappy when you do this kind of stuff but i think she she makes it work throughout the album which is super impressive um, and I almost picked this song, by the way. Did you? Yeah. Well, what I think is, and I don't know anything about wrestling, but I remember hearing years ago, there's some wrestling legend um, who said that listening to this song changed his life. <laughs> and he started playing it when he would be warming up for like big wrestling matches. And I always just thought that was the strangest thing. Yeah, you would think it would be like Metallica or some shit for a wrestler. And and that's what he said, you know, he, before that he would listen to like Megadeth or, you know, Rage Against the Machine or whatever. But like, this is just strange, but. But cool. You know, exactly. Yeah. That's a pretty awesome story. I, yeah, I, I really like this one. Pat, you got any, any thoughts before we play it? Well, I agree with you guys. It's, it's, it, it's really pretty and it, it's awesome how it grows and becomes, I don't know. I mean, what instruments are going on there is it's a piano. What else? There's, it's more than the other songs and. The, the 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 what's the difference between it makes this one stand out a little bit because it's so 
big and yeah, it's more orchestral than mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know every instrument, um, but yeah, no, this this one's great. Let's just listen. Here is winter. I mean, this is another thing that's weird is that uh, she has some Rush-length songs on this album too, at least Power Windows Rush, mm-hmm. um, and she's got more of them. So, um, I mean, more songs on the album than than right. she did, uh, which is another another just point of comparison. But um, you know, they're not just two-minute pop songs, basically. Um, anyway, my song is Happy Phantom, just because. It was the most upbeat song on the album to me. It's like, it's not like a trifle, but it's it's not as actually lyrically it's it's pretty cool, but like musically it's not as deep and heavy as a lot of the other stuff, and it's got like kind of jazzy elements. Mm-hmm. It's jaunty. It. It's jaunty. That's exactly the, the right word. Yes, it's jaunty, and one of the few songs with uh, actual drums, although they're very sparse. But yeah, and it's triangle. And a, yeah, a triangle which features on a couple other songs too. Um, triangles and bells, uh, which I always like. Yeah, it's just it's jaunty. That's that's the perfect. That is the perfect word description. Um, and just for no other reason than that, it it stuck out to me for that reason on the album. Like um, mm-hmm. it's it was just kind of a different tone uh, than the rest of it. Uh, although um, tear in your hand, I think, is also slightly on the jaunty side but not as much as this um yeah and i like this song for all the reasons you you said but also i really like the the line they say confucius does his crossword with a pen <laughs> yeah she's got great lyrics all over the place on this i like i said i was like super pleasantly surprised by this album um but let, yeah i'm just gonna play it happy phantom by tori amos Die 
it today I'll be the happy phantom And I'll go chasing the nuns out in the yard And I'll run naked through the street with all my mask on And I will never need umbrellas in the rain I'll wake up in strawberry fields every day And the atrocities of school I can't forgive The happy phantom has no right to bitch So, uh, a, an experiment that probably, well, at least me and Amy, I don't know about you, Pat, um, me and Amy thought there might be, it might be slightly painful, uh, yeah. on each side turned out not to be, which, yay, that's always good. Like, I'm always happy to find, not that this is new music, but like to discover something and be like, oh shit, that's what it is. That's, that's good. I can't believe I didn't give it a chance back then. Right, right. Um. And yeah, that always makes me happy. And and uh, maybe next time we'll uh, have Amy on and do uh, Twenty One Twelve by Rush. I will never. Uh. I would never do it. You would both hate it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. I think and we'd have to pick out something you would hate. I know. Which shouldn't be difficult for you, Pat. We just do Edie Brickell, that that album. That's a good album. That's what, what? That's what you say, but. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, I, I just remember when that song came out, um, how much I hated it. And I remembered, like, um, it was probably around the same time um, when MTV still played videos. Uh, the Cowboy Junkies, their version of, like, Sweet Jane by the Velvet Underground came out. I didn't necessarily hate that, but I was like, this is way too mellow for me. I can't mm-hmm. get into this, but it was like people kept raving about it. It was one of those things I was like, what am I not getting? Is it just because it's a Velvet Underground song or is it like the mood of it? Anyway. Um, I guess you don't like things Steve Martin likes. The the jerk Steve Martin? I mean, yes. I'm not calling him a jerk, but oh. from the movie The Jerk? He he did star in The Jerk. He likes Edith Raquel. He toured with her. That's true. He did. And he also married her. Oh, Secretly, no. that's Paul Didn't Simon. Didn't tell Paul Simon. <laughs> Paul Simon's another weird one. Like, I like some Simon and Garfunkel, and I like some Paul Simon. Um, and that then, is weird. And then others. Moving on. <laughs> other stuff of his and Simon and Garfunkel's, I think, is like some of the most awful stuff I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> it's a really weird, like, very inconsistent to me. Yeah, it's all or nothing. Yeah, I think with them. And I have a real problem with, um, like, The Birds, the band The Birds is the same, 
uh, to me as like Simon and Garfunkel, like the folk rock stuff back then. Like the voices are almost too pretty for me. I'm like, you have to have put some soul in there. You sound super white to me. It's always a super white. Yeah. Super white. <laughs> the new DC character. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, whereas Tori Amos, I don't have a problem with. She has a very pretty voice. I don't know. I don't know what the distinction is, but anyway, I don't know why. I'm... Does DC stand for definitely Caucasian? Yep, I it think would. so. Does DC have any black characters? I'm sure they do now, but like classic black characters. Uh, they had. Who was it? I thought they had the first classic black character. Oh no, that was Falcon. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was Marvel. Um, I mean, other than you know. Thugs that Batman oh, they have beat up. Uh, the. Uh, it wasn't classic. I don't know when it was. It was probably the '70s, but they had a Green Lantern, John Stewart. Oh, host of the Daily Show. Yep. Wouldn't he be green? Yeah, you would think. And uh, stupid. Why wouldn't he the Black Lantern? Racist. Cyborg also. Oh, Cyborg. That's true. New Teen Titans. Amy must be thrilled with this conversation right now. I just. I, I'm amazed. I actually think it's kind of cool when there are things like whole big genres of things that I just I know nothing about like I was thinking when he said DC I was like if you put a gun to my head and said you know is Batman DC or Marvel I you'd have to shoot me I would not know <laughs> would not know well Superman you can still Batman. answer I'm just I'm not asking you to be right I'm just asking you to answer when I put the gun to your head yeah he's not actually going to shoot you I mean he might oh, I'll shoot you if you don't answer Oh, we'll see. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Do you like those superhero movies, Amy? I have a real problem with them. I, I, I don't enjoy them so much because to me, it's all one movie constantly being remade with just different characters and special effects. It is. I don't actually see very many of them. I saw, I mean, really just a handful. I saw the first um, Iron Man and I liked it because, you know, Robert Downey Jr., you know, and his smarmy kind of smart assy. And I liked it. But then I'm like, I don't need any more of this. That's kind of how, how I feel. And like, to your point about like not knowing anything about these characters, like people who are big fans of these, like they'll. I'll watch, I'll even watch the movie say, but then they'll talk to me about it a week later and like this. What about when this happened? And I'm like, I literally don't remember, dude. I watched it and it was like pure entertainment value. And yeah. I forget about it. Like it's out of my head. Right. Um, and to, to a lesser extent, the same with like star Wars and stuff like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. to me, it's fun. And I don't, I don't hate it. I just, I'm not invested in those kind of things. Um, right. Yeah, I can I can enjoy some of it. Like I saw, um, I'm going to get it wrong. Is it Man of Steel? Was that the first one with Hot Superman, Pat? Yep. Okay, yeah, because I wanted to see Hot Superman, but and it was all right, but I didn't see all... any others of oh. that. And then I saw the Christopher Nolan um, Christian Bale, I'm Batman, his horrible Batman voice. <laughs> um, I saw those, but I think that might be. Like, all I've seen. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you, you've seen one, you've seen them all. Although, those are all DC. Huh. Really? No, Iron Man was... Oh, Iron, no, you're Iron right. Man. Iron Man's Marvel. 
And I'm sure you the saw, ladies... So you saw, you've seen five, and you saw at least only one of them was bad for everybody. Man oh, of Steel is the only one I think everybody dislikes, or mostly everybody. What were you going to say, Amy? The ladies? Oh, the ladies will probably come take my lady card, because I didn't see Wonder Woman and really don't have any desire to. But um, that's, that's a genre thing. Like It's not like you're... Um you're a traitor to your gender or anything, you know? No, what I mean? like, but, and I'm um, yay. Baby steps. I mean, it's great that, you know, she, a woman got her own, but then I'm just, and this, see, this is just where like you bitches are never happy because why she got to have her tits, legs and ass out. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> this is what happens when you have a superhero created by men in the forties or fifties. Um, yeah. That's just the costume. Yeah. I, if you read, especially superhero comic books, um, from back in the day, that was every woman hero's costume. It sounds like you really agree with James Cameron that, that uh, that's oh not Oh my god, he so. is a nut. Wait, what did he say? I, I missed this. He said this uh, This is not a feminist, Wonder Woman was not a feminist movie, it's just a bunch of Hollywood men patting themselves on the back, and the director of Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins, disagreed with him and had this really kind of surprisingly to the point statement telling him to shut up. <laughs> good for her yeah i'm always happy when somebody tells james cameron to shut up i mean he's done some good things but has he he doth run on he's uh, yeah well the best part was he's like he kind of said your thing about the the boobs and legs being out but instead of just keeping it there well even just keeping it he should just shut up but he compared it to unlike my character sarah, sarah connors who was had a like he just went on and on about how great his character was compared to other female characters and how he's much better anyway so it was all about bad. yeah basically and how he and how he's much a much uh, better feminist director than patty jenkins <laughs> <laughs> Well, Wonder Woman was good, but I mean, I can see there's a really funny skit from, I think it's College Humor or one of those sites where it's a a support group for women who don't like Wonder Woman. And they're all like (laughs) speaking in like 12 steps terms and supporting each other. And then like one said, I want to see it. And I told them I liked it. I didn't know what to do. And in the end, this dude comes in. He's like, uh, he just goes on and on about how much he hates Wonder Woman. They're all staring at him. And in the end, he's like, and I hate Glow too. And they all start attacking him. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, there's also the point that, you know, maybe Wonder Woman wants her boobs and butt to stick out. That's her, right? She might. She might. Well, the, the, that's what, in interviews, they've said it's like, you don't have to be one way to be a powerful woman. You can be someone who's feminine. So, it, right. I mean, not, yeah. Anyway, I'm saying it stupidly, so never mind. Let's move oh, on. No, no, we get what you're saying. Don't, don't support rape culture. That's what we're saying. Um, I mean, you know monetarily don't support it <laughs> i kid uh all right well should we go to then recommendations asians 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 oh you guys go first because if we're going to go there i have to think of one okay well i'll let amy go first because she is our very special guest she's very she's special. backed up <laughs> um I'm going to go with, and I don't know if you see you guys, and I have already mentioned this, The President Show on Comedy Central. Nope, we um, haven't. Yeah, it's... See, I can't stand to listen to that man speak. The real man, so, yeah. The real one. and But I can listen to this guy, and he sounds an awful lot like him. He does the hand motions. He's got him down. But he says everything that you know Trump is thinking. 
and it, it's really just it's sort of formulaic but it's i i laugh out loud every single time he's got a mike pence that sits with him a, he's got a steve bannon it's 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 funny and it makes you forget how awful things are yeah i've i've heard from people that he, he does a great job i haven't seen it so i yeah um i've not s- seen him in anything else has he done other things before I did not recognize him, okay. so I'm not sure. Is I'll it, have to watch it. Is it like a scripted show with like a plot, or is he like well, on the street I mean, doing improv well, shit? Or? He does do some of that. It's sort of like he opens every show. It's only like 20 minutes, like, so a 30-minute show on Comedy Central. He opens with like a fake little press conference where he's just horrible to the media. And then he has like a little spot where he and Mike Pence are sitting in the Oval Office. And they do little like nice, not nice. and Or like <laughs> they'll you know make him watch TV and they'll take his, t- his remote away from him. They do little bits there. And like they have had him go out and talk to people in the street. They had him walking around his old neighborhood where he grew up in Jamaica, New York. And they had him visiting monuments. And, and then, you know, they have him interview someone. And of course he always shakes their hand like he's doing sawing something. And then in the end he gives a little farewell, you know, so it's like, there's, there is a formula to it, but it, they change it up so that it's not always the same. Oh, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm with you. Like I almost have like that uh, Mary Hart seizure reaction when I hear Trump speaking on TV. Mm-hmm. Like I have to turn the channel if I hear yes. Trump talking. It's, it's such a weird. Like I didn't like George W. Bush, mm-hmm. but I didn't have that reaction to him. I would just no. mock him. But like when, when I hear Trump talking, I'm like, I can't. I can't. No, listen to I can't. This fool. I can read the transcripts and roll my eyes, but yes. I can't listen to. And it, you know, it's the the weird voice and the mugging for the camera, and, and he's the got incoherent that, fucking sentences. Uh, yes, and every time you ever notice that, like, if he's saying something, he always has to have like someone vouch for him, like Pat Squeaky Chair. He'll he'll have to say like you know many people are saying like you like you and he'll point offward to someone and be like you know uh, you you're with me you know like you were telling me he's always got to have somebody else like backing him up whether yeah. it's someone in the room or many people are saying his his narcissism is so obvious I it's baffling to me that his own supporters can't see it or aren't turned off by it I guess but right. And it is just so, I mean, and I didn't take that much psychology in school, but it is like the classic, like that whole fine line between narcissism and like complete inferiority complex. Yes. Well, that's all, they always go hand in hand, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, and really with him, it's just so, it's so weirdly obvious, but they just don't, nobody's done, none of those people seem to see it. <sighs> always fun to p- talk politics. I know, right? Here we go. <laughs> the guy who stars in the President's Show, Anthony Atom, and how do you say his name? No idea. Anyway, he went to Emerson College, so David, previous guest, is probably best friends with him. Yep. I, he has to be. There's no way two people be. went to the same college and aren't best friends. Small school. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he's a couple years apart. See? But it's on uh, Comedy Central, Thursday nights, uh, 1130 Eastern. Okay, I'll have to check Hulu since I don't have cable. Yeah, um, but it's probably 10:30 Central. 
It's probably why don't they ever say mountain? Mountain just gets fucked all the time. It's like they really 1030 did. Central Mountain is what they used to say. I know Central and Mountain. I remember back in the day. Now it's just they get the same time. Nobody cares about mountain. Speaking of mountain, I guess Texas just got hit pretty hard by a hurricane. So hopefully, hopefully. people are all right there. Yes. Despite the fact that it's Texas, I hope they're all right. Absolutely. But um, I do back to one quick politic thing is I did find it kind of like, hmm, that when they were asking for federal money <laughs> from Congress for um, Hurricane Sandy, like Ted Cruz and his fellow Texans were all not for it. But guess who's got his hand out for federal yeah, money? And well, they deserve it. They deserve they it. They do. But, well. Anytime there's a disaster and Congress has to vote on federal money, it should be unanimous every single time. We Absolutely. are a country. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Um, anyway. Yes. Um, I will Having recommend. said that, fuck Ted Cruz. And also, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say something uh, everybody's been afraid to say up till now. Fuck Trump. <gasps> no. I yeah. can't agree with that. I know. I know I'm taking a hard position, but... Um, shocking. I know. It's a hot take. Um, I don't mind you saying that about the president, but you're saying that about the owner of Trump Airlines. Yeah, and Trump Stakes. So, I Trump know. water, that wig-wearing rape pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> What's a rape pumpkin? Is that something you just use instead of raping? Well, I mean, he's got a big orange pumpkin head, and you know. <laughs> and he's a rapist, basically. There you go. Although, is ordering, you know, brides from the Eastern Europe really rape? Oh, God, did you see, though, when he was on vacation, that creepy-ass video of him getting off the golf cart? And there was yes. a wedding. He's like, where's the bride? And he literally <laughs> like had his hands out like. Pramanocha. He, <laughs> he is so gross. Yeah. And on that, on that topic, uh, my recommendation, it's a podcast. There's, there haven't been that many episodes, so you can catch up. And it's also, they're also fairly short episodes, like 20 something minutes. But mm -hmm. um, what Trump can teach you about con law. And it's a law professor talking about constitutional law um, and using examples from Trump's presidency to illustrate how constitutional law works. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Wow. Um, I'm going to check that out. I'm typing it right now. Yeah, I enjoy it. And I might have I might have mangled the name somewhat, but it's so similar. You can't help but find it, I would think. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I have been enjoying that. I keep trying new podcasts and like they're really... You know, I don't know. It's all always a gamble. And oh, mm -hmm. there actually is another one. Um, and I can't believe I'm recommending it because I find the guy super annoying usually. But um, his show is actually good. Uh, you made it weird with Pete Holmes. And that's only because he gets really good guests. And he has like I just listened to one with Michael Ian Black and, mm. um, and one with Lauren Lapkus. And he has it's just him talking to these people. And they're usually good conversations. So two recommendations. Good to know. I guess I will continue the trend and recommend a couple podcasts. I already recommend Mystery Show, right? Yep. Another from the same network is called Reply All, which usually deals in internet stuff, but not necessarily. And I've only listened to a couple episodes, but the best episodes I've listened episode I've listened to was the is the one where they there is a picture online that got passed around as like a meme and you know people wrote words above it and they tried to track down who the it's like a, a dude at a party surrounded by kind of depressed looking guys surrounded by uh women 
and they kind of tracked down, they were able to track down exactly who the guy was and oh, wow. talk to his friends and talk to him. And it's, it's, it was a fun story and they did a good job of, of describing what they were doing and it was, it was well done. And the other one, uh, other podcast I recommend is movie signs with the mads, which is, it's, um, the two, two guys, uh, Frank Conniff and Trace Ballou, who played the mad scientist on the original Mr. Science Theater 3000. And they just go in and there's a, a woman who's kind of the, like the podcast host. And they, the three of them talk about whatever movie they, have, what they want to talk about that week. And they're pretty funny and they're knowledgeable about movies. And it's, it's a fun thing to listen to. Oh, what is uh-huh. it called again? Movie Sign with the Mads. Movie sign. Okay, cool. I'm going to listen to that one for sure. Not Reply All? Um, Wait, but is this is my question on Reply All. Was it all about just one meme, or they do a different meme every week, is what I assume, right? Well, not necessarily meme, but yeah, they do a different or, story every week. An investigation. Like there's another, yeah. yeah, there's another episode, which I'm looking forward to listening to, where they called the, uh, like, the, the guy is a, uh, I mean, they called it, one of the guys who hosts the show, or one of those Indian scammers who says, we're calling for Microsoft to fix your computer. Yeah. They called him, and he... Uh, went deep, like he let them do stuff to his computer. Then he went to India and actually talked to the guy in person. Oh no oh, way! But I haven't heard it yet, so I'm really looking forward to that one. So it's kind of like Found. Yeah, yeah. Way. I think okay. it's not quite as good as Found, but it's very good in its own right. Oh. Like none of them are as good as Mystery Show. So if, I always feel bad when I recommend a podcast to people because if I don't recommend Mystery Show first, I'm making a mistake because that's the best podcast that's ever been made. I had... And I haven't even listened to the whole thing yet. You're on a podcast. Can yeah, ours say? is terrible. We, yeah, we don't care for our own podcast. Ours is terrible, except when we have guests like Amy or David or yeah. Michael Morris. That's like literally the only time I listen to episodes when we have guests. That's <laughs> true. Now, have you guys ever been called by the the people that were lying, saying they're from Microsoft? I have yes. not, no. Have you? Yes, I did. And I... One of my friends had gotten it, and so I'm like, oh, God, I got to call and warn my parents because, you know, they might think that's for real. So I called and told them. And, like, the next day, I got one. And I thought, let me see what this is, you know. So the guy's like, you know, I need you to go to the computer. And I'm like, oh, well, all right then. (laughs) So I just sat there and, like, tap, tap, tapped on my keyboard. He's like, I need you to type this, and I need you to type that. And I'm just hitting keys. And he's like, are you doing it? And I'm like, can I ask you a question? He's like, oh, of course. I'm like, does this shit ever work? <laughs> and he started cussing me out and saying the most vulgar sexual things to me. What? That he, oh yeah, that he was going to come rape me, and he was going to stick oh his dick God. up my nose. He was going to stick <laughs> his dick up, my, and I'm like, that doesn't say much for you. Do you realize that? <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> so I have a similar story where I I went through like they told me to do stuff, and I I tap tap tapped, and like I acted confused, and I said. Because what I did is I typed what they wanted me to do into uh, Google, and I mm-hmm. came back and says, what? "It was like scam." Right? <laughs> yeah, because he tells you to open up a, he tells you a roundabout way to go to URL, and it makes it seem like you don't know where you're going to a URL if you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I typed, I just typed into Google, and uh, yeah, like so I said, the screen says it's a scam. He's like, "No, no, ignore that. Do this, do that." And he's then he's like, "How old are you?" And I said, 14. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he still made me do it, tried to make me do it. And I was like, and then like a couple minutes later, he said, are you married? <laughs> 14. And I was like, yeah, I'm married. He's like, I tell you what, 
I'm going to come to USA. I'm going to fuck your wife. I'm going to fuck your wife hard. I was like, what? All right. But you did let him stick his dick up your nose, Pat. Well. I mean, you got to give him something. That's yeah. consensual. Yeah. You got to get menstrual sometimes. But yeah, I guess that's their thing. When they feel like their time is wasted, they try to terrorize you by cursing at you and stuff. Which... I mean, I would just laugh, I think. Right. I mean, I'm an American woman on the internet. You think you can say something to me I haven't already heard? <laughs> oh, you mean, would you just laugh if you this happened to you? I would laugh yeah. when, when he started, like, threatening me. Like, I wouldn't feel scared. I would... Oh, oh no, yeah. yeah. Well, I felt a little bit bad because it wasn't my phone, but other than that, yeah. Wow, that's awful. No, I use Mac, so... No, that's the thing. They don't know what kind of computer you're using, yeah. so you can sit down at a Mac and say you're doing what they're saying. It really has... They're just calling and saying, we're calling from Microsoft. Are you having, we hear you're having problems with your computer. No, they don't even say Microsoft. We're calling no. from Windows. Win- from Windows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from Windows. We're calling from and AOL apparently online. Apparently sometimes because people do it and they, they get their, their computer hijacked and they have to pay $500. And wow. Blah, blah, blah. I, I always want it to happen again because it really it was fun messing with them. You'd like just like it used to be fun messing with telemarketers. Telemarketers, but, yeah, yeah, but you don't get those anymore, really. No, you get the little calls well, to check to see if you're there. Or if yeah, you want to cruise. I, I've got all my contacts entered in my phone, so I just don't answer if it's a number, like a weird number. Wow. Yeah, a lot of, now, wow, all contacts. You have contacts and everything. Although I don't have Amy's contact, weirdly. Really? No. Huh? Well, I hear I hear bad. Pat gets texts from you, and then I just go cry. Because I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to exchange some contacts. Well, it's not. Um, yeah, we can just keep it on, you know. Yeah, on this superficial Brian level. level. Yeah. But that's so weird. I, I didn't even know that that was a scam. Um, I mean, it's not something I'd heard of before. Ugh, that's creepy. We're calling from DOS. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, you're calling from 1982? <laughs> Oh, you're calling from a town in Mexico? Oh, God. All right, we got to stop talking. Our past just going to yeah. keep doing this. Um, yeah. Do your spiel, Pat. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com if you'd like to be a guest, if you have a suggestion on what we should talk about, or if you just want to say nice things about John. Uh, like us on Facebook. Write us highly on iTunes and write a good review, or just write us highly, really. That's the important part. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. And, you know, say nice things about Pat. I think he appreciates it more. I don't take compliments well. Yeah. Pat, can we hear your chair one more time before we head on? Yeah. Uh, Uh Music to my ears. (laughs) And my testes. Well, thank you, Amy. Oh, thank thank you. Again, for coming on. We should just keep having you on. We'll keep thinking of dumb things to make you watch. Speaking of, have you watched The Room yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yeah, you got to torrent that shit in. Got to do that. Although, I guess if you order the Blu-ray from his site, he will, like, send you a signed uh, poster and stuff. And he also, from what I hear, sells his own underwear on the site with his name on him, Tommy Wiseau. Uh, so you can order I'm some on of those. that. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I guess that does it. So until next time, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.